Good morning, everybody. So glad that you're here. Happy Mother's Day to all of you moms. I hope that you get to do today whatever you desire to do. So if that's time with family, awesome. I hope that you get it. If that's time away from family, I hope that you get it, whatever that is. So happy Mother's Day to you. And my name is Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Epic. And today we're going to do something a little different than what we normally do. So I'm not going to give my typical 30-minute talk. If you ask our tech team, they say 35 minutes. Sometimes I go 40 minutes. So I'm not going to do my typical talk. And some of you are going, yes, sweet. Well, next week I'll be back. So don't worry. Next week we're going to start a new series called Decisions. And I would love for you to come back for that. So if you are wrestling with a decision... If you want to make a great God-honoring decision and you want to learn how to do that, I encourage you to come back for that series. That's what we're going to be exploring together. But today what we're going to do is we're going to continue a conversation we started back in January. So if you were with us back in January, we did a series called Reset. And we talked about the reality that all of us start over in some area of our lives. So we all hit the reset button and we start over, maybe with our finances, maybe with our careers. You know, maybe there's a season in your life you go, you know, I just have to change careers. I got to start over in that area. Or I've got to start over with my relationships. Or I've got to start over at school. There's many areas where we say, you know what, I really need to start over. And so we hit that reset button. And in that series, we talked about how do we make starting over really count this time? How do we make it different? You know, because often we hit the reset button, we do the same thing, we end up in the same place, and we're a little confused. And so we talked in that series, how do we end up in a different place? How do we end up in a place that we really want to be? And a part of that series, we asked the question, what do you do when somebody else hits the reset button for you? What do you do when the doctor comes in and says, hey, I've got a bad medical report for you. You're going to have to make some major changes in your life. What do you do when your spouse walks in and says, I'm done? I want out. What do you do when your boss walks into your office and says, I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to let you go. And you find yourself starting over in a way that you didn't anticipate that you'd have to start over. Well, as a part of that series, I told you the story of a a young mom named Kristen. Kristen just had a new baby girl. She was super excited about her first daughter. And then all of a sudden, a few days later, the reset button got hit for her. She ended up with a bacterial blood infection that almost took her life. And she and her family found themselves starting over in a way that they had no clue that they would have to start over in. And I was really hoping that Kristen would be able to be here today, but for some reasons that you'll find out in the service, she's not able to be here. So what we're going to do is I'm going to have a conversation with her dad Gary Antosh. So a number of you know Gary. Uh, they, uh, Gary and his wife, Terry, they lead our uh, financial peace small group. And that's a small group related to understanding God's will for us and our finances. So if you haven't taken that small group experience, I, I really encourage you to do that. Uh, they've done a great job in that. They also lead a community group and very active in our church family uh, for, for several years now. So I'm going to have a conversation with Gary, and I would love it if you would welcome Gary to the stage. So Gary, come on up. Now, good morning, Gary. Good to see you. It seems like we just did this a few minutes ago. We're going to have a conversation again that we just had this morning. It is deja vu. I apologize that you have to look at me again, but we're going to get through this. So Gary, it was back in November of last year. 
Um, you had another grandchild, so you have three grandkids, three, three grandkids, uh, two, kids, two kids, two kids, three grandkids, and so your daughter Kristen had a little baby, cute little baby cadence, and uh, then just a few days later, the, the reset button was hit for all of you, and you found that uh, Kristen had this bacterial blood infection that almost took her life. So would you just tell us, like, what happened in that journey? Like, how did you get to that spot? And just tell us a little bit of, of the events of that. All right, before we, before we get too far, though, a couple things we need to get, get uh, sort of out of the way. First, I want to thank you for letting me cross something off my bucket list. I've, I've been wanting to say that I spoke at Epic on Mother's Day. That's one I've been able to cross off. <laughs> Couldn't think so, of a better person uh, yeah, to so, speak at Epic uh, on Mother's Day. And the other thing is, is that you need to know that Kristen is, is not a fan of doctors and hospitals. She doesn't even want her blood pressure taken. So needles and everything. It's like, so she just wanted to stay away from all of that. Um, so that's why she chose to go the route of natural childbirth. And so she had a baby on the, on the 24th of November. And uh, through the week, she was just, you know, feeling a little weak and everything. And of course, you're going, you just had a baby. I expect you to feel a little bit, you know, under the weather and everything. But she just continued to go down farther and farther and farther. And so finally, it was, uh, uh, she was convinced to take a trip to the emergency room. And uh, 12 hours later, they stuck her in um, ICU with a... They didn't know if it was a blood infection or a blood clot, but they eventually found out it was a blood infection. And um, normally, they said that this infection, this, this, uh, they could grow it in a lab in five to seven days, and they could grow it in the lab in 30 minutes. So it was just racing through her body, shutting organs down left and right, so... That's where we're at. So from a medical standpoint, it wasn't just uh, one issue that she had to deal with when she went in the ICU. So she ended up dealing with a whole plethora of things. Uh, so, so what were some of the things, procedures that she had as she was in the ICU? Well, one of the first things they did was they started um, pumping her with fluids and then dialysis to try to start getting all the... Uh, um, poison out of her body, and then they started hitting her with all kinds of antibiotics, and then also blood suppressors to push blood to the major organs, and then other places were going to have to starve. A uh, couple weeks into it, they, she ended up having a hysterectomy because she kept on having fevers, and they didn't know exactly if it was uh, her legs or whatever, so they, she had a hysterectomy. Uh, the day after hysterectomy, they um, blessed her with uh, the wonderful treatment of five treatments of maggot therapy where they put maggots on your legs and they take all the, uh, eat all the tissue off, the dead tissue. Then after that was done, she had her, uh, a skin graft on her right leg and then she had a skin graft on her left leg about 10, 12 days later. And then from there, they moved her down to um, Baptist uh, Hospital downtown because they found that the bacteria had put a vegetation on her aortic valve, and they had to replace her aortic valve, so she went in for heart surgery. And uh, after that, she moved to Brooks Rehabilitation, where she was there for about 10 days, and then they took her into surgery again to take all the staples out, three to 400 staples out just for uh, all the skin grafts. So that's in a period of about six weeks. Yeah, so a very short amount of time, and we would get uh, text updates from Gary, and, and each few days it was like, oh, uh, another thing? Like, wh where did that come from, and where did the heart thing come from, and, and the, the hysterectomy? So moms, you can understand. 
So as a, a new mom for Kristen, super excited about having kids and just praying that God would provide that as an answer to a, a regular prayer for her. And, if, you know, after having her first child um, to have a hysterectomy and just a lot of uh, emotional things to, to really process through in this. And um, so, Gary, when they were trying to keep her alive, they're pushing all the blood to her, her vital organs. So that meant there were some extremity issues that, that we're, we're going to look at in just a minute. Now, um, for Kristen, how much hope did they give her for survival in this? I don't really think that they thought she was going to make it. She, uh, she coded three times, and so I, it, you run across the different medical professionals, and they just, like, I can't believe she's alive. I can't believe she's alive. I can't believe she's alive, you know. So uh, they really didn't give her, a whole lot, uh, give her a whole lot of hope in that. And... Um, but since she was young and it was her first baby, they were going to do everything they could to help her, you know, make it. So they, they just went to work, did everything they could. So. so here you are as grandparents and, uh, you know, we've got David, Kristen's husband in this process as well. So he's got a brand new baby and he's looking at his wife might be dying and, and you know, the possible future being a single dad and. Um, and for you guys looking at, it's just your daughter um, who may be passing. Uh, so how did how'd you get prepared for the reality of possibly losing her? You don't prepare. There's no way to really prepare for something that, you know, that major or whatever it is. But um, I think one of the, the issues we, well, not really an issue, but one of the things that the hospital kept on sort of looking at, like, did these, did these people get it? How, how severe this, this condition is? And you know, and, and we just kept on hearing God say, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. And, uh, you know, just, we just really had peace in the whole thing. And they're just going like, you sort of felt like they're going, hey, hey, you think they understand? But, you know, we, and because we just let the, uh, and we had, we actually had a, a, some of the professionals come up to us later and say, thanks for letting us do our job. Because it's like, we just sat back and just said, go at it, because what are we going to do? You know, I have a hard time changing a Band-Aid, you know. So. Uh, and so um, my wife has a little saying. I don't know where, exactly where she got it, but it says, when you're working, God is resting, and when you're resting, God is working. So there's no halfway in. So it's like we just said, okay, we're resting. We're sitting back. Go at it. So you found yourself in this spot where you had to trust God, or you had the, you know, the decision, are we going to trust God or not? You tr- chose to trust God in that, and, and you know, from our friendship and being uh, a part of this journey a little bit, watching, I've, I've watched some amazing peace that uh, you and Terry have had on this journey, and it's been a great encouragement to, to see. And on this journey, there were, she was in the hospital 78 days, so a big chunk in the ICU and then uh, the other hospital for the heart issues and then rehab for a short time after that. So the, this time that she was in the hospital, 78 days, and you guys lived there. You're, you were there all the time, got we, well acquainted with We've been with, with her staff. 24-7 yeah. since then. Yeah. There hasn't been a time we haven't been with her. So in that time frame while you're in the hospital, how did you see God at work? Well... I think the very, let's back up a little bit. I think, you know, how did we get, how did we see God work? But seeing God work, he really started years ago. Um, 10 years ago to the same, to the weekend, Terry's brother, he ended up having um, his colon burst. 
and they gave him basically 15% chance of living. So we went through all the ICU stuff with him. He was in from Thanksgiving till Christmas Eve. So we had went and walked all through that as a family and, and knew that 15% chance, well, you're not telling us anything new with Kristen. We know that it's possible because he's got a great life now. He, they said he would have no quality of life, you know, and he's got, he has a fabul- fabulous uh, uh, quality of life. Um, we also have, uh, some of you have been through the FPU class. We, you know, we, we're, we do the FPU. We've got our finances in order um, so that we're, we're ready because you don't know when the storm's coming because it's coming. Uh, years uh, earlier, probably five, six years earlier, I started really looking at stream, streamlining my business because I do have an online business. So made it so I was very, very mobile and portable. And the other thing was just simplified our life. Just get the junk out. Just get the junk out of your life. So all these things are leading up to, you know, how did we see God work? And so um, I, think, I think the very first thing for me uh, I look at from how do we see God work is really perspective. Because people on the outside would look at this and say, wow, Kristen's going through all this stuff. It's, it's terrible and, and, you know, and all that. But... As I said in the beginning, Kristen doesn't even like to get blood pressure taken, you know, or a needle. So if she would have went to the hospital, if she would have went to the emergency room 24 or 48 hours earlier, they probably would have diagnosed uh, this, whatever she, well, the bacterial infection, they would have diagnosed it wrong. And she wouldn't have went back to the hospital, and we'd be sitting here having a different conversation because she'd be in the ground, dead. So... With all that she's going through, it's still a perspective of she's got a life in front of her. You know, so that, and I think the other thing is, is that you have to un- we have to understand that God doesn't move. He's in one place. We're the ones that are moving. We're moving away from him or we're moving closer to him. He doesn't leave us. So he's right there. So anytime we want to call on him, he's right there. He was right there with us through all of it. And and this, is, this was a situation, or still is a situation, that money doesn't fix. You could drop $100 million right down here, and it doesn't fix the situation. It's complete 100% trust on God, trusting in the, the, the they're going to orchestrate it with the doctors, the nurses, all the tech people, the, the, whatever tests they're going to run and whatever they're going to read. 100% trust, just out of the equation. Because I'm like the blindly and the dumb with the idiots in charge, you know. So it's not nice to talk about me in front of the people. That's all right. That's what I feel like most of the time. So, um, so you're kind of forced into this spot where you have to choose to trust God or not. You, you and your wife and and uh, Kristen's husband David and you know all the family members are choosing. Hey, we, we're really going to trust God in this journey. And you've watched God do some miraculous things. So you know, we were getting those updates thinking, uh, she's not going to make it. And then new update, new update. And, and it, she seemed to, to get better and, and better. And uh, then all of a sudden, 78 days later, we get this message that says, she's going home. And so we're all on the outside, super excited. Wow, you know, home for us, you know, I mean, coming out of the hospital means, wow, things are better. That's awesome. And so she's home. Is she better? Yes. <laughs> She's yes, uh, yes mentally, because 
the, the four walls were just closing in on her, slowly but surely, just continuing to close in on her it, while she was in the hospital, uh, moving from one hospital to another hospital. Uh, and then when she moved to the rehabilitation hospital, she thought it was going to be a little different. It was like, oh, this is another hospital room, but they got less stuff and a terrible view. You know? And so those kind of things just were more demoralizing her. And it's like, I got to get home to my baby. I got to get home to my baby. I got to get home. So when she, got, when she came home, um, then she started facing a whole other thing, and that is she started to realize what her limitations really were. And so that's, that's where we're at today. So what are some of her limitations? What can she do? What can't she do? While she's um, she has really extremely limited mobility because, uh, as you'll see in a bit, with her, with her feet, she's just now starting to be able to put weight on her uh, feet. Um, she needs assistance in whether we're talking about cutting up food. Uh, I mean, she can use a fork and all that stuff, but she just, because of her hands. Um, opening mail, something as simple as that is, uh, is difficult as well. Uh, her legs are, are, are bandaged. They've been bandaged really ever since probably about week after the first 10, 12 days, they've been, they've been bandaged in some way, shape, or form. And um, she has bandages on her fingers as well. So. so she can't really care for even her new baby. Okay. Or herself, completely. Yeah. 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 So, no. so I mean, she's home. She can feed the baby, but you know, when it comes, you know, the baby's getting almost six months now, and she goes, hey, what's those white things on your fingers? Yeah. You know, you want to start grabbing them and all that kind of stuff, so... Yeah, so all the effort to keep her alive and, and uh, push all the blood supply to the vital organs created a whole other set of issues that she's dealing with now. So th- that's her new reality is dealing with the, the loss of blood to the extremities. And they were talking about amputating from her knees down. Um, there was all kinds of discussion of what do we do and how do we do this. And, and God led to some doctors who said, hey, let's hold off, let's watch, let's watch this progression, able to, to keep her legs and, and here she is at home. So you, you know the statement that um, a picture says a thousand words? So we're going to show you some pictures of Kristen's legs and hands and just give you a disclaimer. Like if you get queasy at the thought of blood, I encourage you to close your eyes and act like you're praying during this next segment, okay? It'll all be great. Don't want anybody passing out during this next time. All right, if you can tolerate some you know, medical stuff, then feel free to watch. But again, if you can't, no, nobody's going to feel bad about you looking away. I get a little queasy at a paper cut. So um, we're going to show some pictures. Are we all okay with that? Does everybody understand? This next section, if you need to look away, look away. Got it? Great. Awesome. So let's look at some pictures. So Gary, this is early in the stage. Right. This is when, um, before they had done any of the maggot therapy or anything, this is just the, the result of all the dead tissue that's on her legs and all that from the, the blood suppressors. I mean, and when you look at the black, it's just like hard leather. All right, let's go to the next one. That's after uh, the maggot therapy and getting all the you know, bad tissue and all that cleaned away or whatever it is. Those are her fingertips. You can see how they're just things are just like little caps on them. They're just slowly coming up with tissue growing underneath. And the uh, other picture is her uh, right heel, and that was taken last mm, Friday, I believe it was. Okay. 
And those are some of the better pictures. Um, there were some other pictures that uh, I had a hard time looking at. So uh, th- those pictures give you an indication of what Kristen's life is like at home. You understand why she can't get up and walk around, why can't, she can't you know, take care of the baby uh, the, the way that, that she would like to. So the amazing thing is Gary and Terry have moved in with Kristen and David and their granddaughter to take care of her. And she needs 24 hours. And David's got a job that requires that he's away from home a little bit. So um, they've moved in to do that. So um, Gary, I got a few God questions for you. And one of them is, how has your faith grown through this? How have you allowed your faith to grow through some difficult thing like this that you all have been through? Uh, I I think for me it was, um, this shows just how God has, worked, you know, sort of prepared us for this whole thing. There was a verse that I learned about seven years ago. We were doing a, a, a crown class before, F, uh, before FBU, and um, it's First Chronicles 29, 11, and 12, and it says, everything in the heavens and earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as being in control of everything. Riches and honor come from you alone, and you are the ruler of all mankind. Your hand controls power and might, and it is at your discretion that men are made great and given strength. It doesn't say some of the things in the heavens and earth. It doesn't say uh, you're in control of okay, a, a couple things. It says everything. Everything. So it's like this is the journey we were picked to be on. You know? So that's, you know, that, that was prepping up to it. And I, I think another way that I've seen um, God through this whole thing is there were, there were a couple things that, that um, I saw happen early on. Uh, one of the things we had to do was, after they had assessed Kristen on the very first, first day, uh, probably about eight or ten hours into it, after going into ICU, they said, what about the baby? What about the baby? So they, they, were, they went to find where the baby was, and so we had the baby at home, and so they, we had to take the baby down to Wolfson, down to downtown Jacksonville. And so... Um, to get her checked out and everything. And David's parents had come up. Uh, my daughter, my, our younger daughter, her husband, and I went up. And so we had to spend like 48 hours up, up there. And uh, David's parents came up to give us a you know, little spell, a little bit of break or whatever it is. And so I was, um, we went out and grabbed a bite to eat or whatever it is. And I was, and I was coming back because I knew that they were going to have a, a, do a blood test or whatever. And so I was coming back and um, I'd spoke with Terry a little earlier on that uh, they said, you know, they're really concerned about her legs because they just didn't know if she was going to be able to keep them or not and everything. So I mean, they were, initially they were talking like maybe at the ankle, but then it was moving up. And um, so I'm walking back and, you know, I got a little teary-eyed and everything and I'm thinking, you know, hey, and, you know, your, your, your daughter, your baby is going to be, you know, going to be having, getting amputated or whatever it is. And then it's like, um, you know, Holy Spirit just spoke to me. He said, hey, dude, you know, do you, didn't you... Didn't you give your life to Christ and, and you're going to get eternal life? Why wouldn't you just trust your daughter to me too? And then it was like, I'm good. Let's have peace. And so we've had peace through, uh, you know, at least I've had, I would say a whole family has, but I've had peace through all these ups and downs or whatever. It is like, God's in control. Just continue to trust Him. Uh, another way that, you know, um, I would say that I, I've seen it is uh, I did a, a Facebook post, and I have a fairly large following on Facebook. Um, and she had like, uh, it was just 
Pray for Kristen. She might lose limbs, life. We don't, we don't know, but just pray for her. And so, you know, we had, it went out to like two and a half million people actually saw it in their, in their newsfeed. Her blood pressure at the time was 80 over 30. Within an hour after the post, it was 100 over 50. 12 hours later, it was 109 over 70. Next day, it was 118 over 87. And that was just... And then the nurses started running around going, that's our Christmas miracle. That's our Christmas miracle. You know, so, um, you know, that's, you know, that was... Um, yeah, I think an, uh, another, uh, another thing, we've just seen God just work in, in so many different ways that, that from the right people at the right time, sometimes you needed a nurse that would be a little bit more stern and push more. Sometimes you needed someone to just listen. And they all, he always provided the right person for the right time, for the right place. And even doctors, I mean, one doctor wanted to just say, listen, there's no hope for her, let's take her, let's take her legs off at the knees. Let's just take them off. And another doctor said, whoa, hold on here. Hold on. Let's, let's just give it time. Give it time. Give it time. And so that's what we've done. Just give it time and slowly but surely she's continuing to heal up. Hmm. That's awesome. Well, is she going to make a full recovery? As far as we know, she's going to make a full recovery. Um, she, yes, she's walking. You know, she's up and doing a little bit of walking now and everything. So uh, looks like she's going to re- recover. What normal is going to look like? What is normal anyway? I don't. I don't really know what it is. So, yeah. So yes, but it looks like she's going to make a full recovery, and it's just, it's just time, just time. So, how can we as a church family be praying for your family? Um, the the real prayer that we need, as much as anything, is for for Kristen, David, and Cadence. Just continued healing for Kristen and, and gained strength because laying in, in bed for as long as she did, her you know, hamstrings and thighs and calves, she's just weak. It, just, it takes a long time to build that strength up or whatever. So that, and, you know, and I just, we just want them to experience family all by themselves, just the three of them, the way, it, the way it's supposed to be. And, um, and then for Terry and I, just give us the strength and, and uh, to be available as long as we have to be available. So I don't know how long that is. Yeah. yeah. Well, the great uh, words for us as a church family to continue praying for them. This, this story isn't done. It continues on, and so we can continue to pray for them. Now, again, we were hoping that Kristen could be here, but uh, obviously, as you heard, that's not possible. So what we were able to do is get a video of her. So I went up and videoed her, asked her some questions. And so what we're going to do is we're going to show this video and let you hear from Kristen herself. So watch us with us. Big church family. Thanks, everybody, for praying for me. God has completely been involved in my situation and there's so many ways I could fill up two services for you guys but a few of the ways that we've really seen God in the situation is honestly the reason I went to the ER is uh, one of the ways he worked Um, I had a lactation consultant come because I had a baby four days before and she came and she wanted me to go take a shower and I was very weak and and very tired and I was like why do you want me to go take a shower so we found out later she wanted me to take a shower because I had a metallic smell to me and that um, metallic smell actually indicates an infectious disease and her mom was an infectious disease doctor and she wasn't even a lactation consultant that was supposed to come see me. It was the day after Thanksgiving and the person that I was given uh, to contact wasn't able to come 
and so uh, one of my friends contacted this person and she came and Kelly became integral to my story because she left my house and then she called David and she said I've been thinking about this and you really need to take her to the emergency room so David took me to the emergency room because I just I really wasn't feeling well we didn't know what it was and I ended up in the ICU I coded three times so most people in the medical world say I shouldn't be here and I really shouldn't for everything that happened to me however God had different plans for my life and so I do have a future and I have a great hope for the future and so God used this person who I had never met before to come in and save my life that's kind of where my story starts there's been so many other people involved in a story I've seen so many believers that have just entered my life through this story um, different people that you just connect with from nurses to doctors I've had so many people pray for me I went to an echo for my um, after my open-heart surgery and this one woman asked a little bit about my story and I was answering her and she's like you're that girl we've been praying for you and wanted to go run and tell her friend and so my story reached so many people and I think God is using a story which in some ways has been a nightmare and a long journey and something so unexpected after you have a baby that you're supposed to be happy and, and joyous has taken this story and has taken it around the world from all the people praying and all the cards and just encouragement I've received. Um, unexpectedly I got a vegetation on my heart valve and they had to do an aortic valve replacement and the doctor who was on call and was going to do it passed on me and said he didn't want to do my surgery because it was too risky however the person God did have to do my surgery specialized in mini uh, a surgery called a mini and so he did a valve replacement where he didn't have to crack my sternum open and just little pieces all these building blocks and all the people that God is using to impact my life and and impact the people around me so he, he's amazing in that just how he works and my grandma always said that we should look for little love notes and every day I could find a love note that he gives me there's always moments that we can be angry and I've definitely had some anger during this situation I um, I had a beautiful baby girl that you know we had tried to have a baby for three years and I had suffered two miscarriages and I was so excited to meet this baby girl and to raise this baby girl and to wake up in a hospital after being in a coma for 11 days and I didn't really understand it all then but as I came home and I didn't really have a connection to my daughter it was so hard I'm like God why did you answer my prayers for this baby girl and I wasn't able to be there to see a first smile and and to feed her and to rock her and and to love her um, it was just it's very hard to understand why this happened to me um, there's been many prayers I've said please don't let me have to have heart surgery please make it go away or please save my legs and, and please you know don't let me have to go through all these different things and yet 
I'd had to go through all these painful, difficult days, and yet God's still here, but there's always moments to be angry. However, you gotta look at the positive things that he's done, and yet you could take it and hold on to that anger and, and let that fester. And yet at the end of the day, it doesn't do any good for me to be angry and to ask why, but I've always had in the back of my mind, why did this happen? Or, or what does this mean? Or what do you have for me? Because there's been so many things that just seem to compound on each other that it's really hard not to be angry some days and, and not to experience those moments of where I just wanna raise my hands and scream and say, why, why, why? And yet there's a purpose. And at the end of the day, I was saved. I'm here. So those moments that I'm angry, they're there and they happen. But the overwhelming thing I get to hang on to is I get a future. And so I don't want to dwell in the angry moments and, and spend my time there because it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not what I want in my heart and what I want other people to see. But there's always angry moments that we can have. We're all human and, and those are the pieces that, you know, we get to be human for a minute and then we have to realize who's really in charge and, and who's really here and what he's done for us. I mean, he went and died for me and he saved me and then he saved me again because he physically saved my life so I'm still here. I still have a long journey and road ahead. Um, I'm praying that I can walk again. I'm praying for some type of normal. I don't know what normal is going to look like for me in the future, but I'm praying that God will show me where he wants me and what he has for me. Um, I'm praying that I continue to connect with my daughter and as I get stronger each day that I'm able to do more for her. Uh, that I'm able to do more for myself because, I mean, my amazing family has stepped in and, and they have to care for so many of my basic needs that, you know, all of us want me to be better and to be whole so I can have some independence. and. I, you know, I, I want it now, we all want it now, we all wish that it was now, but it's not. And so I just, I, I continue to pray that God gives me the strength each day because the journey still has so much I have to go through. Well, we have one more video that we want to show you. It's real short and it's from Gary's wife, Terry. So listen to this uh, uh, perspective from grandma. This is Cadence Ember Brock, and she is the light in our life, and I'm so happy that she is well. <laughs> yeah. She is so cute, and with you, ladies, is Grandma as well. So this is Miss Terry, and Terry, we wanted to ask, what encouragement would you give to parents and grandparents after all that you have been through as a family? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that you never outgrow your kids. They always can need you. And also, this has brought us so much closer as a family and we have grown together. So I'm just glad that God has showed us that He is there and that we take one day at a time, just spending time together 
and seeking what He has for us. And we have learned so much. And I just, when I'm here with Kristen and with Cadence and what we've been through, I just would say, don't give up. And one thing I have learned during this time is that you can have that peace inside while you're going through a really traumatic time that no matter how bad it is, God's presence and His peace can outlast that and give you the strength to make it through each and every day. And I'm just so thankful that He's been here with us. Well, as you can see, Cadence is doing very well, and uh, we're, we're so grateful for that. So, um, Gary, just a few closing thoughts for us as, you know, uh, all of us, whether we're going through a difficult moment now um, or we will uh, in the future, uh, what thoughts would you have for us? A few things. I think I would say, and I say this to Kristen all the time because when we're doing physical therapy, she gets... Therapy on, uh, in home on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, I'm the uh, therapist. So I tell her to look up, look up. I mean, if you're looking down, you're going to go right where you're looking. So look up, look up. You can solve a whole lot of your things. Just look to God, look to Christ. Just look up. Um, the other thing I would say is step back and get all the junk out of your life. There's a lot of junk in our life that you really just need to step back and look and start trimming it. Toxic stuff or whatever. Toxic stuff, maybe finance, it may be people. I don't know what it is, but start looking at cleaning it up because you don't know what your journey is going to be. And we don't know. And we, we, I mean, fortunately, we saw how God was preparing us. For, uh, we, we see it now, but we didn't see it then. But he's laid all the pieces out for us, so... Start now. Great words of encouragement for us, Gary. Thanks for that. Um, the way we're going to close today is I'm going to have Gary pray for us. Uh, so I ask that we continue to pray for him and his family as they continue to walk through this. But there is a number of you that are walking through very difficult things right now. There are a number of you doing that. Um, and so I just like to ask those that are brave enough to maybe raise your hand for a moment. Um, you may be going through something medical, something relational, something financial. I don't compare your story to Kristen's story. Uh, it's your story, your difficulty. But if you're going through something difficult right now and you could really use some prayer for that, would you raise your hand? A number of hands all over. Okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to have Gary pray for you and the difficulty that you're going through. And then after the service, when he's done, I'll dismiss you. And then Gary and I are going to be up here. So if you would like prayer, if you'd like to come up and pray specifically with Gary or, or myself, we'll be available up here for that if you would like so. So Gary, would you pray for our church family? Father, as we come today, we just thank you for who you are, an all-powerful God, a loving God. And that you're in control of everything. But today being Mother's Day is not always the most wonderful day for some people. There's, there's couples out here that have wanted to start a family that have been unable to have the joy of doing that. And there's pain in their life. And there's others that have, have their family is a pain. And they've been, you know, they're just one thing after another and it just causes them lots, lots and lots of grief. And then there's others that 
look at their parents, it's, it's given them lots of grief. And it's just time to strip those things away, to bury them. I just ask that you would just take your loving arms and put them around those people and give them the peace that they need to be able to take the next step and to look up and to know that you are in control. That no matter how difficult things are, you're still in control. And we just need to trust you. And then there's those that are out there that have a whole multitude of other issues. That It's just life. Just ask that you would be with them and give them again also the peace to continue on this journey because we're all on a journey. The world doesn't evolve or you know, run, around, you know, run around us because as I've said already that you, you are in control. Just again, give them, give them the peace to be able to, to step out, to forgive, to make the steps that they need to correct and let them do it with boldness. But there's one other group, Father, also out there that as we learn through Kristen's whole story that it all started with the blood. It was a blood bacteria and they had to clean her blood. And there's people here that need to do the same thing. It's time for them to step forward and accept you as their own personal savior because there is power in the blood and you shed your blood for us on the cross. Just ask that you would give them the ability to take that bold step yeah, there may be people that are going to look at them and think they're a little bit weird or whatever it is, but that's okay. Eternal life's a whole lot better than what anybody else has to say. Just ask again that you would be with uh, each and every family today as they go off and they leave here, Father, that they'll be able to enjoy the times and that they'll call their mom. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you help me thank Gary for being here today? So thanks for being here, everybody. Hope you have an amazing Mother's Day. You're able to celebrate your mom. And hope you come back next week. We start our new series on decisions. And if you would like to come up for prayer, Gary and I will be up here. Have a wonderful day. Welcome to Epic. And thanks for joining us today. I'm Cody. And for the next few minutes, I'm going to tell you about what's going on at Epic. If this is your first time at Epic, thanks for checking us out. If you'd like to get more information about who we are, please stop by the Connection Center on your way out. We'd love to meet you and answer any questions that you might have about who we are. This is the key to my front door. For many of the families that we serve in Guatemala, there's no front door, no lock. But this summer, two teams are gonna change that. Our teams are gonna build four homes for families, invest in at-risk kids, and provide much needed medical care in Guatemala. And you can be involved. Each home costs $2,500 to build, and our medical team is looking to provide prescription medications, vaccinations, and over-the-counter medications. You can give towards the cost of the house build, the medical clinic, or you can bring in a bottle of over-the-counter medication that will be distributed at the clinic. There's a handout called Not Going Give on your seat with specific information about how you can be involved. Take that home, pray about partnering with our team and do what God leads you to do. Epic Day at the Park is coming on May 17th. Join us at 5.30 at Wadsworth Park for an awesome time hanging out with our Epic family. Bring your dinner and your friends.
At Epic, we love to give of our time, our talents, and our resources to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you call Epic your home, there are two ways you can give. Either through the giving boxes behind each of the seating sections or securely online at theepicchurch.com. Every day we make hundreds of decisions. Right now you may be thinking about where to eat at lunch today. Or if the weather is nice enough to go to the beach after service. Or maybe you're facing a bigger decision. It's been said that our lives are the sum total of all the decisions we make. If that's true, how do we make the best decisions possible? How do we make decisions that have the most positive impact on us? We hope that you will join us for our next series, Decisions, starting next week. Those are our announcements for today. To find out more about what's going on at Epic, like us on Facebook or visit our website, theepicchurch.com. Enjoy the rest of the service. Mm -hmm.